0: hello and welcome to switzer tv property i'm peter switzer and on tonight's show harry dent the economic spook merchant predicts a mega financial collapse which will envelop and take in the australian property market where he thinks the high-end or luxury properties out there will really be smashed and this is in contrast with what's going on on the gold coast right now with real estate agent vicky felon saying that the sales there are absolutely booming, many of them coming from Asians or expats based in Asia, and they're buying the property off the internet, sight unseen. And finally, we talked to Paul Mirren of M-Square Capital. These guys are in the raising of money and lending space for first mortgages. It's good to see what's going on out there in the real world. That's the show ahead, so let's kick off with that very scary doomsday merchant, Harry Dead. Well, joining me on the program is Harry Dent, quite famous for making predictions, which has given him the tag Doomsday Merchant. uh, And and certainly in recent times, uh, with the arrival of the pandemic and the collapse of the stock market, Harry's predictions have looked like they've been on the money. Now, he is getting together with uh, Robert Kiyosaki for a global crisis summit to be held on Sunday, August 30. And he joins me on the program. Hi, Harry. Oh, hi, Peter. So Harry, tell us why you think a global crisis summit is necessary. Okay, number
1: one, Peter. I think you've interviewed me in the past. I've been the most bullish guy in all of history. Since the late 80s, I said we'd have the greatest boom in history with the baby boom moving through the world and the US and Australia, and Australia is even better. But we are at a point where we have peaked in that trend And central banks have been printing money to just keep the economy going, going, going artificially. So we have a bigger bubble than ever in stock markets. So I'm a guy saying after studying all of demographic trends and all of history and all of bubbles, we're in the greatest bubble in history. And I hate to say it, it's going to burst. And I hate to say it because I love Australia because your demographics are the best. It's going to burst in Australia because you're part of the East Asia quadrant of the world that has grown the most in the last three decades and has bubbled the most and will decline the most. And if you think your real estate can't go down, wait until China's real estate bubble burst, and then you'll see if it can go down. Okay, so talk us through uh,
0: how you think the economic, bubble is going to burst and then how it will affect property prices for example in australia
1: well you know yeah that that's a good point peter the last the the gfc was started in the u.s with subprime lending failing and real estate prices at the lower end going down this bubble is the opposite it's around the world real estate is starting to crash on the higher end, whether it be London or Sydney or Melbourne or Singapore or San Francisco or Manhattan, it's starting to come from the high end because this bubble has made the rich richer uh, for the last 10, 20 years. And it's that real estate that's bubbled most. So, So when people tell me, Peter, Oh, this, This real estate in Sydney or London or Moscow even can't go down because it's where the rich buy. That's where I'm worried. I'm not worried about everyday real estate. I'm worried about the high-end real estate that has bubbled up the most because bubbles go up exponentially, and then they burst. And I have studied every bubble in history. And I remember Mark Boris, when I was talking uh, with him you know, years ago, he was saying, Harry, why can't it just go up and just plateau? Well, I said, Mark, if that ever happened, I would say it's possible. Never has happened. Bubbles burst. In Australia, because you are so strong in your demographics and your growth, you have the second biggest bubble in the world, only second to China. And that's not a good rating to have.
0: Explain what you mean by the role of demographics and house prices.
1: Well well again, I can measure in any country, anywhere around the world, how their population is going to grow up and age. People spend more money when they enter the workforce until they get their kids through high school or college. Okay. Everywhere in the world. I can project this. Australia, because it has such strong immigration from higher than average immigrants from Asia, you have the best demographics left in the developed world, everybody else has peaked. Japan peaked in 1996 and has been in a coma economy ever since. And and, and Europe is peaking one country after the next. US is is peaking, but more sideways. The developed world has done its thing. The merging world is going to dominate. And the good thing about Australia is you guys, on the edge of the Asian part of the world that's going to grow. And it's not going to be China in the next boom, not going to be Japan or or South Korea or Taiwan. It's going to be Southeast Asia and India. You guys are positioned if you see it coming, but I'm telling you, your real estate cannot hold up as good as it is when China real estate collapses. And I'm telling you, China's Real estate is the worst bubble in the world. With 22% empty homes and the highest valuation in history, it's gonna burst. I don't care. You can say, is this a bubble or not? This is a bubble. You can argue with me whether it's gonna happen today or a year from now or two years, there's no question. This is the greatest bubble in history. Uh,
0: Harry, you've studied economics. You know for house prices to really um, collapse, you need to see unemployment go up really high. Um, you know, in the, the GFC, which you guys called the Great Recession, you yeah. got high unemployment and uh, um, house prices fell really hard. We didn't and our house prices didn't fall. What, what's going to be the trigger, the economic trigger, for Australia to have seriously high recession uh, unemployment linked to a recession when, as you said, we are in the best area of the world, Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Vietnam, and India. What is gonna push our unemployment above those levels that could really crush house prices?
1: Okay, Uh, because you export 20% of your GDP, half of that to China. You know how much the US exports to China? 0.6% of our GDP. We don't depend on them. China has been the biggest bubble in the world after China, uh, Japan and South Korea and Taiwan and Australia and New Zealand jumped, doubled their GDP per capita in 25 years. This does not happen in history, Peter. I'm telling you, you guys are a miracle. The difference is you, Australia and New Zealand, come out of this with better demographics, East Asia, China, all these other countries, South Korea, Taiwan, they come out declining forever. Yeah. It worse than Europe. So that's the difference. I look at every country in the world, how are they investing their money, money velocity, their demographics, their urbanization, their GDP per capita? I'm telling you, the world is so predictable. You can't believe it. And economists don't understand this. I'm telling you, you guys are gonna hit a downturn because you're in the East Asian region which right. is going to collapse. With China, China's real estate collapse is going to be your biggest problem. But you're going to come out on this, the other side of this with stronger growth and export opportunities to Southeast Asia and India.
0: What is the role of the current recession related to the to the virus which you know is being offset by extraordinary central bank action, extraordinary Fiscal spending, like you and I have never seen in our entire yes. life, and quick as well, quick as well. So, how is that going to play out in your scenario, your your very negative scenario? Uh,
1: Peter, Peter, that, I mean, you couldn't make a big, bigger point than that. The virus is just to me the perfect trigger for a bubble that, that, that no matter how much economies slow, governments just print more money. The U.S. just printed $3.4 trillion in eight months, more than all the 80 months of the entire quantitative easing from 2008 to 2014. <laughs> Exponentially more to keep the bubble going. That's a problem. So the fact that things are slowing down here and it's taking this much more just to, to get the, the COVID crisis is just a short-term thing. I'm telling you. I'm a, I'm a bull on the COVID crisis. I think it's gonna be over by the US election. It's already decelerating, even though we're the dumbest people in the world and we have contained it the worst. Australia, New Zealand, done a great job. All of East Asia has done a great job. Europe, after they did the wrong thing, did it well. We're the dumbasses in the world, and you know what? Even we're going to decelerate in, in the next few months. The next crisis is gonna come because We had this shock to the economy after the Great Recession, and we printed all this money so banks didn't have to write off loans, companies didn't have to deal with bad loans. We have 19% zombie companies, measured in the U.S., that are just barely surviving and can't pay their debt payments. They should have been wiped out in the great financial crisis. They weren't. This is going to happen in the next two to three years. Mark my words next two years will be the worst two years in our lifetime this bubble i know i predicted it too early at times i i was back on when trump got re-elected because i knew the tax incentives would be good but i'm telling you this bubble is going to burst and you in australia are just collateral damage you don't have horrible debt except for your mortgages you will come out of this well, but you will suffer a real estate crisis first.
0: okay, so remembering um, that after the Spanish flu, uh, the US went into the roaring 20s, and there are some economists who are saying, if a vaccine turns up quicker than expected, you've got all this spending that you've been talking about in the pipeline, that, that will lead to another roaring 20s. What would you say to that, Harry, and how long have we got before
1: your Armageddon
0: scenario comes to pass.
1: Can can I say this on TV? No chance in hell. We already blew our wad. The United States already peaked, and I'm I'm the guy that predicts when countries are gonna peak around the world. We peaked in 2007. We crashed, I predicted this 20 years before it happened. We crashed, and that's why we've been printing money to offset the downturn. Australia does not have this problem, a little bit in in the near term. all of this is about preventing a downturn, which would rebalance our economies and get rid of a lot of bad loans, bad banks, and zombie companies. Zombie companies and banks and loans are bad for the economy. The Great Depression happened in three years from 1929 to 32. Stocks went down 80 to 90% in the US. Companies, banks went under, and we came screaming out of it because we got rid of all the bad companies and stuff. What the central banks did, Peter, I'm telling you, they stared down a Great Depression and said, we're not going to let this happen. We think we're greater than the free market economy. And you know what? They're going to get their you-know-whats kicked. These central bankers are not going to exist three years from now, by my predictions. They're going to fail so badly by pumping this up, pumping it up, and then it fails more badly. We would have been over this crisis in 2010, by my estimates, if they had not printed 25 now going on, $30 trillion and all this fiscal
0: stimulus. All right, so uh, so Harry, if you're right, how long have people got to get their house in order and what would you recommend they do? Well,
1: okay, I, li- I like that, Peter. Um, the last crisis, the GFC was led by real estate, particularly in the United States and subprime lending um, in Spain and Ireland. This crisis, real estate, people are in panic buying because after the last crisis, builders didn't build as much. There's not as much inventory and now with the virus, The stock market is your leading indicator for real estate. Now, if you do not believe me that real estate can go down, then believe me when stocks start to collapse again. I think in the next three to six months, stocks are going to collapse. Note that since January of 2018, the first bubble burst, every crash has been lower and lower and lower in every high higher. I think in the next three to six months, you're going to see another big crash in stocks lower. If you see that, Peter, that's when you worry about your real estate. Real estate is not going to lead this downturn. It's going to be the stock markets in the world because they're the most overvalued. Quantitative easing pushes up all financial assets, you know, real estate, commodities, gold, everything, but it most pushes up stocks. So stocks are the thing to watch and stocks will burst for. And then, if you don't believe me, if stocks go down 40% in the next three to four months, then you should worry about your real estate.
0: That's Harry Dent. He's got the Global Crisis Summit on uh, Sunday, August 30. Harry, where do people go if they want to sign up for the crisis?
1: You know, globalcrisissummit.com. Simple. Um, I, I, I'm telling you, we're bringing Robert Kiyosaki, my friend from the United States, because He's the only mainstream author that sold more books than anybody I know that sees how deep this crisis is. Uh, Most mainstream people in financial institutions and and government will never say things could get this bad. Look, Peter, I've been the most bullish guy in history since the 1980s. I am saying for two to three years, we're going to have a big crash and then we'll get over it and grow again. But I'm saying you can't have a great boom without a great bust. And Robert Kiyosaki agrees with me. That's why I'm bringing him to this summit.
0: Well, as you always know, Harry, I always say to you, I hope you're wrong, mate. Thanks for joining us. I know,
1: but but I still like you, Peter.
0: Well, we hear a lot of negative stories about real estate and I guess some people say, well, with the coronavirus and the recession, why wouldn't you have some negative stories about real estate? But the Gold Coast apparently is doing a lot better than what most people would expected. In fact, one person thinks it's kind of booming. Vicky Pleon, is from Harcourts Coastal on, Bro- on Broadbeach, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks, Peter. So, Vicky, is it really booming? Oh, we
2: haven't seen the amount of buyer inquiry like this for quite some time. Uh, It's not just in our own country, it's internationally as well. Uh, The buyer inquiry is is really strong. Uh, The the sad thing is we just don't have enough stock. There's uh, buyers buying property sight unseen, which is a bit of a phenomenon. Uh, Who would have thought... That uh, someone would buy a property and spend. A, some of these properties are over two million dollars, mm. and they're they they they're securing the property based on facetimeing, virtual imagery. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's it's a growing growing thing, and it's keeping us all employed, so yeah. it's
0: a good thing. Yeah. So, Vicky, has all of this been helped by the fact that now online? you can get fairly reliable historical sales. So for example, if you're selling an apartment in a certain block, say for example in Surface Paradise, and there's been five sales over the last two months, that gives a a buyer sight unseen of of a property to think, well, if if this is a typical property, I've seen the inside, um, these places seem to go for $1 million dollars therefore if i'm going to pay 1.1 and this looks like a better place i'm happy to do it
2: oh absolutely the digital platform information that they've got available to them is it's fantastic and and you know buyers are savvy they they've done their homework they've done their research uh they uh if they're got a relationship with their agent they've seen the property walked through the property facetiming which sometimes with the images that that are posted on some of this digital marketing it's heavily edited uh and i think um the 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 tools that are available to a buyer now which weren't around five years ago uh is is bringing back their confidence
0: what What kinds of properties, like we know the Gold Coast has a lot of different sorts of properties, but which ones are the ones that really are in big demand, especially from either interstate or international people who are buying online?
2: Well, funnily enough, the luxury market, the luxury apartment market and the high-end properties are very highly sought after. Mm um just recently there was two uh recent uh sales in hedges avenue in mermaid that has just sold over 20 million dollars mm. um and and some of these hot spots are all over it's not just gold coast it's you know malula bar and coolam and um and and some of these prop noosa has got some fabulous high-end uh waterfront properties so um it's it is the high-end market that's that's getting a lot of interest.
0: Yeah. Are we seeing the return of the Chinese and Asian buyer?
2: Well, funnily enough, what we're, enough, what we're seeing, um, international buyers or strong input of interest from expats hmm. that are located in the UK, Singapore and Hong Kong. Right, They've been there for some time and, and especially Hong Kong, With the political instability and um, COVID, it's made them think, "Mm, is it time to come home? If I can't come home now, potentially I can buy something sight unseen, secure a home for me to come home to when I can.
0: Yeah, And, and also, has there been a historical trend that when the Aussie dollar is low, and we know it got into the 50s not all that long ago, has, is that also a time when expats or, or more adventurous people from overseas start looking at Aussie property because the currency just makes it so damn attractive?
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm. Oh, you know, uh, the, the low interest rates, the low Australian dollar, it means that it, it combined, we've got a good economy.
3: Mm.
2: I think uh, a, a lot of inter- internet, that's why we're getting a lot of international interest. Mm. And let's face it, we're, we're a beautiful country. We've got beautiful beaches, um, you know, whilst we might be there is some instability with the economy at the moment. The Gold Coast has got $25 billion worth of infrastructure planned, which paired with low interest rates is going to uh, it's going to bring employment. Uh, I I just think um, that's why where there has been a, a mini boom here mm. on the Gold Coast. Uh,
0: uh, Has there been any negative effects of the fact that your borders are closed?
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm. It it has affected, you know, a lot of buyers Mm. like to come and and visit and now do an open home. But, you know, some of these tools that are available to us, these virtual tools, um, it has helped uh, getting the the contracts across the line for interstate and international buyers. Mm. The negative effects, obviously, is people like to inspect for themselves Um, but it's that the sales are there Mm. you know if we're going to talk about um, increases in sales July 2019 we did 69 sales worth 53 million July 2020 in the peak of the pandemic we did 115 sales worth 91 million Mm. Now we're in August. We've already done 112 sales at 83 million, and still got one more week to go. I spoke to Dane Atherton, my principal, yesterday, and he said, "I'm forecasting this month we'll make, we'll we'll work that we'll sell a million dollars worth of properties." Now, the proof's there.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Did Did you say a million, or you mean more than a million?
2: Hundred million, 100 sorry, hundred million, million
0: yeah, in so, sales. Yeah, you, you're you're a bit like Austin Powers and Doctor <laughs> Evil then, you know, where you're trying to impress us and you gave us one million rather. <laughs> precisely, precisely. Uh, All right. So, you, 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 how long have you been in the real estate game on the on the Gold Coast, uh, Vicky?
2: Well, um, I got into the industry about four years ago. Hmm and uh you know my my family are builders and uh developers and it's it's been a long time time passion for me to get into the industry and um it is it's it's a fabulous a best job in the world um sort of industry to be in you know it's um what job can you do that you get to meet people sell real estate uh it's it's and and live
0: live in paradise yeah but but the thing is this because you've been in a building family the gold coast like a lot of other high-end areas and i'm, I'm even thinking in the gfc the gold coast and palm beach in sydney the the prices really fell unbelievably mm. but this mm. is a I actually made the point on Sky News the other morning that this is the craziest recession of all time because retail sales are also going through the roof. Yeah. What are yeah. what are what are the triggers that brings the Gold Coast down? And on the flip side, what are the triggers that take the prices up?
2: Oh, I think we're still recognised on the Gold Coast, Peter, as the most affordable beach city in Australia. Mm. You
3: know. Uh, well,
2: well, compared with low interest rates, um, I don't know if I'm answering the correct no. the, the question correctly, but I think the things that are going for us is that we are a fast growing city. Oh. Um, we're recognised as, the, as um, the land of opportunity because we've got infrastructure, uh, we've got um, the heavy rail, the light rail, we've got a major upgrade to our airport, uh we're 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 trying to um oh now what am i trying to say here i think i think uh the gold coast has got a future economically and uh, i think the lure to the gold coast is affordability a lot of people want to get out of the the congestion of a big city and have Money left on the, in their pocket when they come to the Gold Coast, no. and mm-hmm. and and their money their money buys them a lot of property here. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Vicky, I think you're absolutely right. You've underlined two things that I really hadn't thought of when I asked the question, but I thought you you would know it. A, you're right. It's you can get close to the beach at very affordable prices compared to other places around Australia. And secondly, you're right. The, that airport is really being um, Built up uh, to be an international mm-hmm. airport, and yes. I, I re- well last year I spent some time at a great uh, joint just north of New South Wales called Halcyon House, uh, oh. uh, just in Kingscliff or, or Cabarita. Beautiful. Yeah, great, yes. and 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 that's when they told us about the airport too. And I thought, well, you yeah, know, no wonder places like Pottsville and Cabarita and Kingscliff are also going through the roof in terms Shush, of prices. Don't tell
3: everyone,
0: <laughs> because yeah, you're right. This is. The Gold Coast is, is becoming a different alternative city than it was when the boom and bust um, uh, history was created. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us before you go?
2: Uh, look, well, all I can tell you is um, what other place can you be in the world when you've got 70 kilometres of coastline, pristine beaches, average water, water temperature is 22 degrees, 300 days of the year of sunshine. You know, you can see why southerners and international buyers are looking here. Mm. You know, it's you're getting great value, real estate value. Um, it's beautiful one day, perfect the next. Here, <laughs> okay. Um, you're, sta-
0: you're starting to sound like a like a uh, real estate agent. A real estate now. agent. <laughs> Vicky Vicky, Vicky uh, Pley, and thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks
2: for your time, Peter.
0: Well, we've seen Harry Dent on the program predicting particularly uh, a collapse in Australian house prices at the high end uh, sometime down the track. With Harry, we never know when it's going to happen, but that's his prediction. Let's talk to someone who's actually uh, at the coalface in the Australian property market. His name is Paul Mirren. Comes from a company called M Squared Capital. Great to see you, Paul. Thank you, Peter. All right, so um, you haven't seen Harry's uh, predictions, but I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've seen him in the past. Absolutely. um, You know, some people really believe he's right. Um, It often takes a long time for him to be right, and sometimes he's helped by a thing called a pandemic as well. But you've studied the Australian property market because your business actually operates in it. What are the the historical lessons that you've learned about Mm -hmm. Australian property prices? Uh, and, and, and relate to what's going on now. So look, traditionally for property pr- prices to fall suddenly or significantly,
4: you need three, three items. You yep. need unemployment to be high, yep. you need higher interest rates, and you need a oversupply of property. Yep. So if you have those three elements, those are the three things that you look for as an alarm bell for property prices to fall. Yep. What, uh, the last time we've had a property decrease, which was late 2017, it was a slight deviation from, the, from those three economic variables that okay. we've had. Um, so if we go back and have a think about what happened there, the economic data was actually pretty good. You know, yeah. we had, you know, official interest rates at one and a half percent and over the three years, they were, they were reduced. Mm. We had unemployment very low in the in the low fives mm. um, and we didn't really have an oversupply in property as well. So why did property prices then fall? Mm. Uh, you might ask yourself, well, actually, it was a, an intervention done by the regulators. Um, to what, what, what we can actually say is that they've intervened, but we don't, the purpose of them intervening is, is that they, they could see the economy not at the level they wanted it to be. Mm. They wanted to drop interest rates, but they didn't want a bubble in the asset class. All right,
0: so, so the Reserve Bank was trying to improve the economy, That's right. but were, the housing market was overheating. So right. APRA got involved and they, I remember they knocked the head on knocked the uh, head on top of uh, uh, Chinese lending. That's um, right, non-resident lending, they completely right. cut it. Yeah, and investors have found it very hard to get money. Um, and I know a lot of um, people I know had, had been giving a yes from the bank and all of a sudden when they got their, their uh, investment property lined up, the answer was no.
4: And in certain markets at that particular point of time, um, you know, there was a lot of belief that the market was quite heated because mm. investors p- participated in the market of about 45%. Mm. That over that two year period where those interventions started to happen, mm. and it actually interventions started to happen in 2015, it took a while for that to come through. Yeah. So you had investors at 45% of the market, which was the highest ever. Yeah. And the banks actually turned around and said, all right, well, if your interest rate was 3%, now it's 4%. Yeah, so and by that, the way, that, we can't do interest yeah, only as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so they're worried about the proportion of investors in there. That's right. They wanted first-time buyers and whatever. So, and also, I guess you throw in the mix the bill shorten effect as well, because Labor threatened negative gearing, didn't yeah. they? Yeah.
4: So, and if you look at, if you look at the, the taxation system that we have in this country, it's very pro-property as well. So yeah. having an incumbent uh, government, or a threat, potential of government, yeah. government, taking away all of those benefits yeah. um, and um, you know leading up to that election it sent a lot of uh, negative sentiment mm. and so I think what is quite interesting in the 2017 is, is to say that uh, sentiment also plays a very significant role in relation to where property prices will be.
0: Yeah, now, nowadays we, we do have rising unemployment as a tick but on the other two we've got interest rates basically contained, probably yeah. Reserve Bank's implying at least three years of low interest rates. Yes. What's the situation with the supply of property? Well, um,
4: given, given the current environment as well, is that if you, you know we, we, we were just looking at the raw data uh, just actually this week, mm. um, the amount of supply, new supply in the next 12 months, 24 months, is a fraction to what we have been
0: supplying in the last
4: two years. Right.
0: So, so if you looked at average supply of properties, that's right. Uh, the year going forward is going to be down significantly.
4: That's right, so we were delivering, uh, uh, depending which raw data that you look at, in Sydney, for example, you're delivering nearly 45,000 apartments Mm. in that particular year. Mm. Um, If you look at uh, the raw data given by one of the research analysts, which is Kramer Craig Charter, they're saying that in the next 12 months we might be lucky to even deliver 15,000 apartments. Yeah. So you, you're looking at a significant uh, difference in right. so supply. If,
0: if, so if Harry is going to be right, and both of us hope he's not, because it's a pretty, yeah. pretty s- a scary scenario, you'd have to think that the um, the pandemic effect on the economy mm. is going to be such that unemployment might go over 10 percent. Job keepers basically taken away after March, yep. and there's a serious high level of unemployment. I guess that means that there's, there's gonna be a lot of pressure uh, for a vaccine to show up, because if that shows up, that takes away a lot of that, that threat to economic growth, doesn't well, it? Well,
4: I, I think you've mentioned two really important factors here. Thanks very much, Paul. <laughs> mm. um, the, the job keeper and job seeker, mm. they're not just payments. They're also keeping the, the household cash flow intact allowing people to pay the mortgages yeah. as well. But it's also a sentiment as well. Mm. Um, I think people are confident with a particular se- uh, sector, knowing that the government is doing, it's a, it's a once in a hundred year event. Mm. It's not a very regular occurrence. So the fact that the government is prepared to have these measures to ensure that the cash flows are intact mm. um, is very, very important. And you wouldn't see the, uh, the, you know, the leading indicators that we're seeing right now with people spending money mm. An increase of that. They're saying, well, you know what, the households are probably not doing as bad yeah, well as what we two think. Two weeks
0: in a row, the ANZ Roy Morgan consumer confidence has had mm. very big increases after falls that were linked to the Victoria close down. So I guess if we we see Victoria eventually come out of lockdown yeah. and then get on top of their infections a bit like New South Wales, at least to that level, yeah. well then it's going to be a, a positive for the economy. But do you think that? to avoid a Harry type scenario, we do need to see a vaccine. So, A, we can travel around Australia and eventually travel to other countries.
4: And I think the vaccine conversation that we've had in the last two, or three weeks is quite positive because people have an expectation that, that will happen at the end of the year mm. or first quarter of, of next year, yeah. um, and things will get back to normal. Yeah. And so it's very different to the last times that we've had property markets collapse, mm. where you actually can see light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Okay. What are you seeing out there? Because your job, just explain to my viewers what M Square Capital does. That's right. And, and tell us what are the most important uh, things for you to feel as though the, the sector yeah. you work is heading the right direction.
4: So we're a private mortgage fund. Yeah. So we connect uh, our opportunities of uh, people needing money mm. to investors who want to uh, get a, a regular safe return on their money as well yeah. it's only secured by a first mortgage yeah. that's very very critical the the things that we're seeing at at the in the market at the moment is that there are there's a significant need on both sides there's a significant need of people needing to borrow money because yeah. obviously the the even the banks have sitting on a lot of uh, capital they can't deploy it yeah. to certain uh, situations yeah. or or they can't mobilize to deploy it quick enough as well Um, And investors in the current market, they're looking for a safe haven.
0: Um, So the investor in this case is like a saver, really. That's right. And and they're looking for um, turn deposit uh, type products, but they know you haven't got government guarantee. Also, they don't like the low interest rates on turn deposits. So they're going up the risk curve, looking at you and other types of um, uh, investment opportunities or saving opportunities. So, uh, you mentioned first mortgage, how is that relevant?
4: It's very, very relevant, especially in the current environment. Um, when you're talking anything to do with debt, the first question you need to ask yourself, what is my security? Hmm. So uh, the security that, that we offer for our investors, they can choose the ones that, or the opportunities they want, we take a first mortgage security. What so that the means- borrower the borrower has the to put bor- up a mortgage a of property.
0: But so what if the, the, the mortgage, the, the the mortgage is linked to some project that goes a pear shape or or is that not the case with you guys
4: well look we are seeking opportunities for our investors which are against completed property first mortgage security only and we don't lend more than 65 percent and so just to take that down to some a very simplistic uh uh, situation is is that if a asset is worth a million dollars, it yeah. would have to fall more than 35% for our investor to lose their capital. Yeah. Now that is a last case resort, yeah. because we seek in, uh, borrowers who have cash flow yeah. to support the mortgage on uh, the way And you've
0: explained well. to me before, like someone might come to you and say, look, I want $10 million for, for this business project. Yeah. And, and you say, well, what are you putting up for? Security. Security. And he says, well, we've got a property, worth, a home worth 20 million. That's right. Yeah. So that kind of person, uh, has, has something solid behind Precisely. the borrowing. And I, I think as
4: we go along down this pandemic, what we're actually seeing is that a lot of people losing their money thinking they understand what they're investing in. Mm. But you know, like for example, the Virgin Bond holders, mm. I'm not sure if you saw the article today, yeah. the best case scenario, they're gonna get 13 cents in their dollar. Mm. Now that was a business mm. that, that borrowed $700 million last year, uh, and it wasn't making any money and people thought that they had security against a brand mm. where there was no security. Now again, they're, they're gonna get the same returns with us, mm. but we have a first mortgage security over a real asset. Mm. That's really important.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so I guess it would be, it would be to be completely, you need a great depression. Yeah. A real great depression yeah. to come along to knock yeah. down um, the property values by more than 35%. Yeah,
4: and look, and we, from what we're seeing on a day-to-day basis mm. in the coal face, we are seeing uh, the resilience of the property market mm. um, quite strong. Mm. So, you know, so far in Sydney we've only seen officially on the uh, data, it's only 2% uh, decrease. Mm. Now that is nowhere near month to month change what we saw in 2017 yeah. where it was a change in sentiment. Mm. And it was also a change, it was, in, it was a, I can describe it as a credit squeeze. Mm. So if, the, if people want to borrow money to buy a property and the bank is saying, sorry, we're not gonna lend it to you, yeah. then that, that's what actually happened in that particular time timeframe. Mm. Uh, whereas right now the banks are more yeah. <laughs> more open to lend money to, to, yeah. to own occupiers and investors. Yeah. We don't, we're not seeing the same thing. And, and you thing. said
0: earlier that someone who provides their savings, um, they can pick and choose the projects they're going to as well. Yeah, it's
4: very critical. So if you have a choice, yeah. Um, and we give you two particular projects. One, um, it's geared at 50%, let's say in Bono Junction, another Mm. one is in, let's call any suburb in Sydney, call it Balmain, Mm. and that one's at 65%. And for yourself, you're saying, well, look, I'm more comfortable with a 50% LVR, lower return, that's my profile, Uh, and someone wants to go for a little bit higher return, higher gearing, you can choose that one for yourself. So we give that ability for investors to choose which transaction they feel most comfortable with.
0: Okay. Paul, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you, Peter. This is Paul Merrin from m Squared Capital. Well, that's the show for tonight. I must say, I don't agree with Harry. Harry can be an exaggerator, uh, but it's a possibility. If certainly, if the uh, vaccine doesn't come as soon as possible, uh, if the uh, economies around the world do not respond to the enormous stimulus out there, Well, his his predictions could come true. I think the odds are against him being right on this particular occasion. And before I go, if you're interested in investing in the stock market, have a look at the Switzer Report. Go to switzerreport.com.au. Some really, really good tips for the stock market have been there over the past few years. I'm sorry you missed out on it, but if you become a subscriber and there is a 21 free day trial, you might find it quite beneficial. I'm Peter Switzer. Talk to you next week.